Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Welcome to Chris's Comics. My name is Chris, and this is a podcast about comics. With me, as always, is my co-host, punk rock pirate time lord, Mr. Jay Bidet. Only I'm topless now. Ooh. <laughs> That's <laughs> very punk rock. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, last time I said it was hot. Today, it's even hotter. It's 24 degrees Celsius um, in the UK, which is probably nothing for our Nashvillean villain... The man, the myth, the legend, Field Mouse. Hello. Yes, we are joined today by an American. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you said that just like so. Like I'm trying to think of what what it is. It, it was just like it's like you've ne- like when introducing like a, a really really white person introducing their kid to a black person for the first time. This is my American friend. Yeah, yeah, that you know, that's exactly what I meant. You sounded like so, like, oh, an American, <laughs> like that, like, yeah. no, it's fine. They're American. We get, we know what Americans it's okay. are. I'm friends with an American. <laughs> What'd you say the temperature was out there? Twenty-four degrees Celsius. Go on, beat that, yeah, and that's hot for us. We're at thirty-two degrees Celsius. I knew he would. No. Yes. Oh shit! And you made him turn his oh. aircon off. Is it? Uh, sorry. <laughs> They didn't make me. I just, I just know better than leave it on. Uh. Yeah. So today it's a special one. Not only are we joined by an American, uh, we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Don't brag something. about that too much. You'll lose some listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to be talking about something that I always want to talk about on this podcast, but I, I can never do because JB hates them. Uh, we're going to be talking about the X Men, um, and today we're going to be talking about the latest. X event, which is the Hellfire Gala. So today, Fieldmouse and I have teamed up to put JB through a living hell by dragging his flat scan arse, kicking and screaming to this Hellfire Gala. I'm literally in um, Hellfire now. It's boiling. <laughs> yeah, JB sent us a picture of him topless. He said that we're not allowed to share this anywhere. Uh, but I might. No, you're uh, not. No, you're not. And it's not because I'm topless. <laughs> it's not because I'm topless. I put some X's over the nipples. I'm, I, I'm be, body uh... proud. I am what I am. It's more the fact that I record in like a terribly looking like. It looks like how Bam Margera edited Jackass in the nineties. That weird photo. It looks like how Tom from MySpace's office when he first started. Where I am. I do not want people to see this horrible setup I have. <laughs> okay, I'll put some X's over your, your mess then. How's that? X Men. That's a good. That's what we're dealing with today, not X Men. X Mess. I'll let you continue. <laughs> yeah. So this was a crossover event story spanning the entire of June. Um, I'll read the synopsis to get you excited. 
Don your finest dress or sharpest suit or get Jumbo Carnation to whip you up something new just for the occasion because you are cordially invited to the hottest mutant event of the season, the Hellfire Gala. For anyone... uh, Sorry, (laughs) let me do that again. Everyone who's anyone is the hot new world of mutant kind will be there. All of your favourite heroes, their closest allies, and even their worst enemies for a special night of dinner, drinks, diplomacy, and deceit. The very first... (laughs) I'm not good at this, The very first democratically elected team of Krakoan X-Men will at last be revealed to the world. And that's just the first of the surprises that Mutant Kind has in store for the evening. Whatever you do, don't miss this one-of-a-kind red carpet X-Event. Now, I'm not a complete sadist. I told JB that he only had to read Marauders number 21, which was the first part and and essentially the last part of the story. And it's a key issue. Um, basically, I thought it'd be fun if Field Mouse and I filled in the gaps for him. And I also knew that there was no chance in hell, no pun intended, that if I gave JB 12 X-Men books to read, he would ever read them. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, so before we dive into the story, uh, Field Mouse, as the proudest mutant that I know... Please tell us a little bit about the history of the Hellfire Gala, because although this may be the most important, it's not the first, is it? Well, I mean, the Hellfire is a like the Hellfire Club is a real club, like that got put into the comic books. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the real Hellfire Club, but uh, I know when it came into the comic books, it had uh, Emma Frost was the White Queen, and uh, Sebastian Shaw was the the Black King, and and there was a few others here and there. They had very odd powers that made them like really powerful. <laughs> but uh, um, like they were at the center of the Dark Phoenix saga, and uh, which JB's read, right? Yeah, I was about to say. I think I I've read it so recently that when it did that little thing at the end where it showed like I feel like it was a precursor to just as the Dark Phoenix saga was. Um, Starting, I, I was like, "Oh, I know this. This was happening during Dark Phoenix Saga, but it just—I didn't know why it was happening." So that—that that was like a little—that was like a little prequel, but it was as good as a prequel, as it like, aka Star Wars. It was just, um, yeah, stuff. It was happens. just a flashback yeah. to an to an older gala. Yeah, to that old gala. Like, which the Hellfire Club is like this really big private party. But there's also like the inner the inner club, which is you know where like the uh, like Emma and them come from, and it's been kind of there for years. It's had various members in it. Uh, I know they tried to get Storm in it. Mastermind was a big part of it. Um, Celine, uh, Madeline Pryor, like a, a lot of uh, kind of twisted dark mutants have been in it. And uh, when they opened up Krakoa, Emma took the Hellfire name and turned it into basically a uh an empire a drug almost. distribution company yeah like black market krakoan drugs well they do black market as well but they're also like the hellfire gala is just kind of on top of the whole thing mm-hmm. or the hellfire got club, a, lot, not the a gala. lot of power the gala is a party is that yeah emma's emma's like heading up like a lot of big things, especially in this new stage of uh, of X Men. 
And Emma um, loves showing off. Yeah, this is just... I mean, it's it's the Emma show, really. Yeah, she, that's why she wears three different outfits throughout the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> she steps on Actually, a lot of toes. With, yeah, we, should we go into the outfit part? Um, <laughs> actually, no, before we do that, I just want to mention that this was a real big deal, especially for everyone at your comic shop, Phil Mouse, Rick's Comic City, because you guys actually threw your very own Hellfire Gala. Yes, we did. That was badass. And you all had your own costumes, like, custom-made. Mm-hmm. And you had, like... You had you actually had a Krakoan gate built. Yeah. Right? I got part of it in that, my room. Yeah, so see, sick. see, put pictures of that up, not pictures of me topless in some destitute room. Put pictures <laughs> of that up. Yeah. The, well, I mean, it was fun. Like, Connie uh, did made, like, uh, a dress that was reminiscent of and as close to... Uh, um, Captain Kate Pride's dress as she could nice. and then I took because Cable's not part of the Hellfire Gala he's dealing with something else but I took the outfit that he's wearing and the character designs for a sword and just redesigned it into a suit which was very difficult oh, nice nice I wondered what yours was about because I knew that there was the blue in there but it was like an ode to Cable mm-hmm. I like that I was lot. trying to find a white suit jacket but I ended up just buying a doctor's jacket yeah that was that was really cool Matt and you had like um, art for like on auction didn't you you were auctioning off pieces of art mm-hmm. yeah we had an art auction it was like a proper gala did you have any yeah. black one, market drugs one couple showed up <laughs> that, uh, they ended up winning our costume contest they showed up dressed as Storm and Sebastian Shaw and they were gorgeous and it was nice. like, and they were super excited about it. Like the the girl who who was dressed the storm, she's like a big fan of the X Men and a big fan of dressing up. And it was like the, everything was just perfect for her. And so they were really excited. And the guy, he actually uh, interviewed me on a radio show once, and he he was dressed as Sebastian Shaw. And they looked great. That's sick. Are the pictures on Rick's Comic City? Mm-hmm. Is it on the Facebook? I might uh, grab them and throw them on the Instagram. Yeah, they should be there. If that's okay. If they're not there, I bet Connie's got them on her page. Sick. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. There's been real, like, quite a buzz around this event. Um, Even, like, down to celebrities getting invited. Um, Conan O'Brien was in that. Did you spot him? They actually turn up in the book. Like, they've been drawn in. Um... I've got a list of them here, a few of them. Eminem, Mark Maron, Method Man, George R.R. R. Martin, Patton Oswalt, and Meredith Salinger. And, Who else was there? And definitely Conan O'Brien. I can even tell you the page he's on. He's like... Oh, and did you notice Kevin Feige was there? Was he? Yeah, he yeah. had his cap on and everything. I'm Right, I'm, I'm having a peruse now while you two gossip. I'm having a little look through. Oh, I don't know if he's in Marauders... Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> the first one I noticed was uh, Run the Jewels. Oh, were they there? Isn't one Killer is... Mike and LP are in it? And uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's in the Marauders one. The page where Captain America and Doom are like staring each other down. Oh, is that him there? That, yeah, that's Run the Jewels in the background saying they're going to throw hands. Oh. I thought at first that it was uh, the Heroes for Hire. And then yeah, Run the Jewels be. posted about it. It could be Heroes for Hire, I mean, to be fair. It was a clever marketing ploy, I'll give him that. Like, it definitely got the word about, you know. 
it was a bit odd though. Like, do you not think like when you're reading it, it'd be like I, I sort of got taken out of it a little bit. Not with all the celebrities. Well, yeah, just like reading this X Men story, and then all of a sudden it's like Pat and Oswald standing there. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I like the way that that's what takes you out of an X Men story. Like, I knew they were there, but I, I just wasn't paying attention to them. So, should we go into the the fashion side of it then? Um, so, I gave JB this um, what's it called? Hellfire Gala. It's the Hellfire Gala official guide. guide. Yeah, so I picked this up. It's a little one-shot freebie that I got from my LCS. And it's basically a catalogue of mutant fashion. Um, just showing all the costumes that all the guests wore. And I loved this because it was like, you know, displaying the costume designs and all the, you know, the range of styles and sort of like matched up with the diversity and uniqueness of the characters. Captain Britain looked and like was she just... was in drag, but in a good way. Captain Britain. <laughs> Captain Britain um, did? Yeah, there's a Captain Britain and she she just looks like a drag queen, but in, like I said, in a, in a good way. It's a good look it's a good look. Good runway look. She's giving you real Captain Britain realness. And uh Like yeah. that that's how we view your uh fancy dress. <laughs> how, what, what, how? Yeah. <laughs> Very British. Nice and puffy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, I, mean, I don't know where that accent came from, the way I said puffy, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of these outfits are pretty cool, and then some of them are absolutely ridiculous. It was it was fun to see like the artists having fun. We were laughing know. at how many of the men didn't have shirts on. Yeah. But <laughs> Dakin, who just rarely wears a shirt had one on so we he had one on we were like maybe he he took everybody else's shirts and just made his own shirt out of them (laughs) very good point i mean who is your favorite costume mine was probably colossus yes that's one of mine i mean he looked like a big russian metal daddy vampire Mm -hmm. like he just looked so cool. <laughs> there were a lot of great ones. Like, Jubilee looked amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. All of Emma's. I'm trying to remember yeah, them all I mean, because I lost my uh, little one-shot book of the of the outfits. I mean, Emma is the given. You know, mm-hmm. she has three different outfit changes. She's got a white one showing T and A. She's got a fluffy white one with a cut-out X for a boob hole. And then she's got a sexy, sleek, diamond form one. Like, she just looks amazing in all of them. <laughs> Professor X looks kind of like... I don't know, it's weird. It looks like he's going to drop like a really dope rap album. <laughs> or he looks all kind <laughs> yeah. of like, oh, he's going to join Daft Punk. I think that's what it is. He's like about to join Daft Punk and it's going to be a sick... Um... It kind of looked like... You know, you know in like... Um, a video game when you have like the the characters like other skin, yes, because that's basically what he usually wears, but like the gold and white version, you know. Wait, that's not black and black and gray. Uh, his his costume is gold and white, right? Isn't it? I'm making an old yeah. I'm making an old reference, Chris. I'm making an old reference to when people were arguing. Oh yeah, was the dress black and gray or whatever it fucking was. And you know what? Forget I said the reference. That entire forget That's that entire point reference. of our history. That was horrible when the whole internet was arguing over that fucking dress. I find it weird flipping through Marauders. I find it weird and funny that uh, 
anyone who's not a mutant, well, all the other superheroes are just wearing their superhero costume. Yeah, yeah, they didn't dress up. Like, Captain America just rocks up in his normal uniform. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't even think to sort of uh, throw a, you know, some Chippendale-like Chip collar and cuffs on just to sort of spice it up a bit. Like Doctor Strange walks in and says, oh, finally, I'm not the most overly dressed one. Yeah, <laughs> so many capes. And speaking of capes, um, my favorite costume is probably Banshee. I mean, I'm a sucker for an Irishman in a cape, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. Just looks so sick, and I like manifolds as well. I thought his costume looked dope. Well, he as has, far like, as capes yellow... go, Sinister looked good too. Oh yeah, but Sinister always looks cool. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, uh, just, in, what about the Jean, Jean Grey? Is she now called Marvel Girl mm-hmm. again? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, are those things there around her head, or are they meant to be like to symbolize something like comic? Like she's thinking that intensely. I couldn't understand that. I don't think so. Do you know what the I mean? The only one that I saw, well, the I saw a few things that seemed to symbolize things in the comics. For one thing, and it's my least favorite costume is Rachel Gray's. And hers looks like her uh hound look. Mm-hmm. Which is this classic S&M. Yeah, uh, but, BDSM but when you, when she dresses like that, like that's I don't know, that's it, it's like that's her slave life. <laughs> like yeah, but it's also like nostalgic. It reminds me of Excalibur, and I love those books. Yeah, maybe. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I thought it was neat that on on a Kate Pride's costume on her brochet or whatever the X has a big bullet in the middle. Oh, I didn't even notice that because it symbolized her riding that bullet to save the world. Mm-hmm. What What did you think the worst costume was, JB? Um. I mean, I've got my answer. I thought it was Cyclops. I thought his was shit. Cyclops is pretty <laughs> awful. I mean, Polaris is quite bad as well. I was about to say, like a... I look at Polaris and that's like, she just looks like a, a glass of lime. I, I thought she kind of looked like, you know, when you make a burrito and it doesn't quite work and it kind of falls apart. Yeah. It opens up a bit. <laughs> I mean, the, the the best part about this event is like, how classy comic conventions are going to be when they come back. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's just going to be like done now. up to the nines. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure on the Talk Nerdy Instagram you shared um, a Mystique one. Yeah, I did. That was sick. I, I feel like a lot of the way people were dressed, though, reminded me of how characters just dress normally in The Wicked and the Divine. Like, Oh, the, yeah? Like, there's a lot, like, Pyro and stuff like that. They just seem to dress like how... They dress in the Wicked and the Divine. I just got those vibes from it. I don't know why. The artwork had a lot of those vibes, even though who, who was on the art? Was it? It was on this yeah. one. No, well, who uh, was on art in general? Yeah, on the one I read. It's, it's this guy that always does Marauders. Is it, oh, what's his fucking name? You've got the book, JB. I've got the book, and I'm trying to find. <laughs> it's in the stupid centerfold. Front cover. <laughs> what are you asking? Who did the art on Marauders? Matteo oh. Lolly. Yeah, Lolly. Matteo Lolly, sorry, not Matteo. Yeah, he does nice, clean lines, and, you know, he's a good artist. But, okay, so what did you think of this book, JB? Well, I don't really know. They they had a party, (laughs) people showed up, um, there was some scuffles, and there was some proper hot goss, like Mr. Fantastic whispering 
in Professor X's ear and we don't know what he whispered but that's open to so many memes now you can say hail Hydra or your, your outfit looks shit mate or whatever it was that, um, that was uh, it was referring to the recent Fantastic Four X-Men event um, where basically some shit went down between them and uh, and yeah basically they, Mr. Fantastic fucking hates him now basically he had it but, coming man fuck Mr. Fantastic um... Oh, those are strong words. I'll stand by it too. Like, yeah, you know, because I've I've had a guy, uh, my friend Ivan has gotten on to me, and he's like, you know, well, they tried to kidnap his kid, and it's like nobody kidnapped uh, the kid, Franklin. Franklin ran away, yeah, and stowed on his own accord on the Marauder, and then then he was just stuck with him until the Fantastic Four showed up to help out, and then they got into it, and yeah, like Mister Fantastic is telling. Franklin, like, he, he created something to turn off Franklin's mutant ability so he couldn't j- join with his people. And, uh... But let's be, let's be fair, like, that's pr- that's a pretty Professor X dick move. It's a very similar thing. No. Because he would do that. No. Fuck that. <laughs> Professor X fucks with people's minds, so like, without permission. <laughs> he can. And I'm not saying Professor X is a good person. I'm saying every time... Someone has come up with a way to turn off mutant powers that has been weaponized against them. And they're done fucking around. So, yes, when Mr. Fantastic is like, I got this thing here that can turn off mutant powers, they're like, no. And they destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And that's all they did. Destroy his little toy that's been built to fucking go after them. Yeah, and didn't they do something where, like, he can never build it again now? Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. you telling me this. I think you even showed me the panels. Yeah, he wipes his mind of it or something as well. You can never build it again. Mm-hmm. I'm with him on that. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Fantastic can be a jerk, and that was poorly handled. He was being a poor dad in that, too. Yeah. I like... Um, I like so, what were you saying, JB? All I, I, I got from this is they have a party, people show up, the, uh, mostly Avengers and stuff, and I'm more interested in them because I don't really know who the half these X-Men are. Like, there's one called Saucier who serves food. Like, that's just... what that is that his power? He's a good chef. Um, and then midway through it, near the, um, Ca- Emma Frost realises she fancies Captain America, but he doesn't like her because she just reminds him of his <laughs> mum, which his mum must have looked fine. And then... Um, <laughs> and get, just gets to the end. Milf! <laughs> and then he just gets to the end... And they're all even going, well, all holding their heads going, well, that was a, uh, that's not very good. But we don't, I don't know what's not very good. I don't know what happened at all. And then that's Okay. It. So, field mouth, should we fill him in? What happened that wasn't very good? Are we just going into it as one whole, or are we going to hit it one issue at a time? Whichever way you want to do it, man. I mean, it's your show. Um, I mean... Having JB read just Marauders was... <laughs> I, I think that just was a poor move. I think either he needs to read it all or none of it. Like, uh, but that's just me. This was the only way I could talk about X Men, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, what happened was, uh, yeah. By the way, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read um, this event. Yeah, we're getting into big spoilers. A lot happened. Um, the biggest thing that happened that worried everybody is that the X Men. Took over Mars, terraformed it in a matter of hours, uh, placed uh, Krakoa's sister island Arako on there, and then declared that this is now the uh, capital of the of the solar system. 
the capital of the solar system. Yeah. Yeah, so they they made Mars an inhabitable planet. They just did it like that. For, for mutants, though. Basically. Only. Yes. Right. They they basically took out their dick and went, ours is the biggest dick in the universe. Yeah. Oh, so they just Jeff Bezos them. Sort of. Yeah. Like they built just... this. They, they took over Mars and then declared to the entire universe that if you want to deal with the solar system, Sol, where the Earth is, you have to go through the X Men because they speak for everybody else. That's what they're saying. That's a bit of a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> that's very. And it'd be yeah, just like, very, it'd be just like if America I'm... called out and said, "We're really in charge of the planet," which we have done. Yeah, I was about but... to say it's the most American thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this happened in planet-sized X-Men, the one-shot, which was aptly named. I did um, wonder why it was called I mean, planet-sized because I saw that it wasn't that in homage to the last time there was a massive X-Men event. It was called like giant, giant size. size, and like now we're making a planet size. Now I was like, all right, yeah. that's great. You found a thesaurus and found something that's bigger than giants. Well done. <laughs> honestly, and then, okay, you honestly, used a planet, Furdus. Good, good marketing. I, I didn't. Yeah. Jonathan I didn't Hickman see is, this coming. He, he's not that subtle. He's. But I, I didn't see it coming, though, dude. Like, when when I was reading it, I was like, holy shit. What really blew your mind is they said it. They already said that they did it in House of X. At what point? Various points. It's just like whenever it starts talking about the history. Well, specifically in Powers of Ten. Oh, Whenever it starts sorry, talking about yeah, the history when, of them, they do talk when, about Arako and Mars. Yeah, when Moira was going into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Jonathan Jonathan Hickman has been like sowing those seeds for a while now, hasn't he? He's been setting it up. Yeah, that's how he rolls. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This was that was a huge thing, um, and the other one was that uh, someone killed Scarlet Witch. Well, a lot of people died. But well, why did people die? Like, Gabby was killed. I think that's going to be a big deal. Honey Badger. She's uh, basically a clone of X-23. Right, right. Who is a clone of Why did people die? People died setting it up. People tried trying to get the... Why did people die? Well, Gabby died because she went after the Shadow King because he was manipulating her friends and then he kills her. So she never even made it to the party. Uh, The big death that everybody's concerned about is the Scarlet Witch. Um... Because she came, what we saw, like it's almost going to be like a who done who done it now. Yeah. What we saw was at the end, she comes to Magneto and they have a nice little chat, and then they find Scarlet Witch dead. So everyone's thinking it's Magneto that did it, and it's the whole trial of Magneto is coming up next. When they first yeah. announced they were doing the trial of Magneto, we started like speculating about it, and I was like, oh man, he's going to kill Mystique, because Mystique is about to cause some shit. Um, and then when they we got to that last panel from uh, one of the books where I think uh, where Scarlet Witch shows up and she meets with uh, Magneto and he's like you're always going to be my daughter even though we're not really related and you know can I have this dance and then that was the end of that issue and my first thought was he's going to kill her and really and then he did yeah as soon as I saw Actually, her I thought in the room, it was a nice that's what Magneto a nice heartwarming does. exchange because I looked at it <laughs> I was like, like oh they're taking mutant rights seriously, and mm-hmm. this woman 
I mean, they reminded us about it in House of X, where she did cause one of the biggest uh, massacres in mutant Genocide, history. Genocide, yeah. So, I could see Magneto doing that. That's a good point. So you think he did it then? It's I do. Clean cut? I, I mean, I'm willing to bet that it's not going to be him, but he has just as much reason to do it. Yeah, it makes makes more sense. It seems to make too much sense, and I know how Hickman writes, so it's not going to be him. But Yeah, that's true. I mean, I do actually want to touch upon the last issue, which was X Factor. Um, what really got me was who discovered her body. Who was it again? Speed. Oh yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. That was pretty pretty tragic. And then he went he did the whole mommy and it's like, oh man, yeah, rough times, kid. So X Factor number ten was written by Leah Williams. Um and she's been getting a lot of heat. I mean, I don't really want to go into this too much because I don't know. Have you seen the stuff on Twitter about this issue at all? Field mouse? No, I mean I know it's the last issue. It's, I mean there was a part in this book where I've forgotten the character's name, um, the black dude, Prodigy. Um, he he has um, basically there's a very controversial like story, like a plot thread going through this, and people are saying that it's it was really poorly handled, and I I do actually side with that. How did you feel about it, dude? It was. It had to have been rushed because. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was building the story for a while, but then it's like, okay, issue ten is the last issue, and I didn't even know that till after issue nine. Issue nine, and so it's like I can see her totally having to like just rush and finish up the story that she thought she had more time to tell. Yeah, so. because the subject matter is so sensitive. Yeah, and I think especially in the book where it, you dro- they dropped the Scarlet Witch bombshell. Like, yeah, exactly. It it felt really like shoehorned in, mm-hmm. um, but I did. I just wanted to touch upon that. I don't think it's um, her fault. No, I don't either. I I don't think she's she's um, you know, she's not done anything out of malice here at all. You know, it's like if anything, she's tried to handle the storyline with care yeah. and try and wrap it up, um, in a nice little neat bow. But the way you know, I think editorial man- mandate and having to cram this event uh being the last issue in her run and the last uh part in the story hasn't helped yeah. with that at all <laughs> um so yeah i mean that's the top and tail of it jb i think have, have we missed anything out filmhouse i mean i know we have missed stuff out but so, I, I, I mean a- it sounds like to be fair i was like I, I just don't understand what would be the exciting thing. The X Men, the X Men have a ball, like literally, like a ball. And I kind of pick. I was like, what can happen other than oh no, M- Mephisto has shown up. Oh, classic battle during a ball and stuff like that. But to be fair, thinking that that is a pretty big announcement that they are going to be like the capital of the solar system. And the more I've, I've dwelled on it. As much as it sounds like a really American thing to do, they're not yep. all American. They're all from all very different parts of the world. From what you've told me about this Krakoa, it's like they take mutants in from all over the world. So if anything, they've probably got the most diverse group of like race group of human. Well, not humans, but mutants or people who, or 
who have inhabited earthlings, that's what I'd look for, that of any group, other countries could put someone up there and they only put people from their country, but you'll have Russians, Australians, French, Europe, you know, Spanish, all sorts up there. So it's a good mix and kind of makes sense the more you think about it. They took it, they put Storm in charge too. So they basically took over Mars, terraformed it, put Storm in there and said, she's now the boss of the solar system. Fucking hell. I'm down with that. I mean, if you're going to have somebody who would be the boss of the solar system, Storm's definitely a good candidate, but I can see where other people are worried. I'm Honestly, I'm more worried about Beast. I have my eye on him. What is he up to? There's a lot of stuff that happened in that. Like, I think we're getting to that point where is uh, about to crumble. Yeah. Because uh, Powers of Ten showed us that Krakoa doesn't survive. And they're pissing off a lot of people. I mean, even on the inside, like they have to worry about Mystique now, and that's coming up. And uh, Sabretooth still, they're going to have to deal with the repercussions of that. And mm-hmm. I think what happened to Gabby is going to have really big ramifications. Yeah, I agree. And what's happening now with, um, I mean, I told JB that basically now mutants can't die because mm-hmm. they can bring them back. They found a way of combining the power of a few different mutants and they could rebirth them oh, in yeah. like an egg um, and basically use Professor X's iCloud. Oh yeah, so why can't Scarlet Witch just be brought back in Gabby and all this or whatever? Well, see, that's where the problem is. Scarlet Witch isn't a mutant. And I think this is going to be a way for them to bring her back as a mutant, but we'll see. The problem with Gabby is, back in Hellions, there's an issue where they're fighting with Madeline Pryor. And Madeline Pryor dies. And Havoc comes up to the Quiet Council and Cyclops and says, Hey, you know, can we get Madeline Pryor up on the list of people to resurrect? And the Quiet Council decides that they will not resurrect clones. And and it's just like tough. Gabby's a clone. Gabby's a clone. And so Gabby spends the next few issues of New Mutants worrying that, you know, well, I'm a clone. They're not going to bring me back. And she doesn't see it as Madeline Pryor's a villain who's gone insane and stuff. And, you know, she's technically Jean Grey's clone. She sees it as, well, I'm a clone. Uh, Laura's a clone. We're not going to be brought back. So now she's dead. And according to the rules they laid down, they will not resurrect a clone. Now, they're going to have to answer to Laura and Wolverine. And if they do bring her back, then they're going to have to deal with Havoc. Because there's a few clones knocking around that mm-hmm. are getting I mean, resurrected. Sinister's I mean, basically a clone. Like every, he's, yeah, I guess so. There's yeah. no telling who the real I, Sinister is anymore. I mean, I was thinking like Captain Britain and Psylocke, you know. They're not clones. They're not, they're not clones? Mm-mm. Hang on. Give me a brief history on them. <laughs> Captain, you're talking about uh, the current Captain Britain? Yeah, yeah. Um, Psylocke is Quenin, and Captain Britain is Betsy Braddock. And for a while, uh, their consciousnesses were swapped. So Quenin's uh, core being was locked out of her body while Betsy Braddock was in her body. So the Psylocke ninja that we had in the 90s was Betsy Braddock's mind inside of Quenin's body. And that's why things are... God, I hate X-Men so much. (laughs) I fucking hate this shit. Well, how come they look like each other so much? Is that just... 
Because you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fat point. Because they got purple hair. Yeah. I don't know, look alike. and Betsy's British. <laughs> yeah. But that's oh. why that that's where those two come into play. And now they're back in their regular bodies, and you know mm-hmm. they're kind of tense about each other, but they're starting to warm up to each other and stuff. Because, you know. So, on a whole, how did you feel about this event, Field Mouse? I loved it. You loved it. Why did you love it? Because it had a lot of big impact on the on the story that they're doing with the X Men. As a See, whole, I'm- the entire mutant story that uh, Hickman and the House of X have been spinning has been very good. And this mm-hmm. uh, little mid-story has kind of... While I don't think... I mean, I understand where, where JB's coming from. I really do understand where you're coming from, where it's just them at a party. It means nothing to you, because you haven't been reading it. It's like... Yeah. Because it's the but same But I get as, why you like it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as Tom King Batman for me. It's like, oh, here's what happens when Batman has jury duty. Here's what happens when the X-Men have a party. Mm. Like, but... But for some people, that's like their favorite part of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron is them all at the party and interacting and and those little moments rather than the big moments. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I really enjoyed the little moments in this. I loved the character interactions. I loved the spectacle of it and the intrigue. Um, but I mean, I in general I was slightly disappointed with it because I got quite bored. Um, I know that's music to JB's ears, <laughs> but um, for me, it's it was. I mean, I was looking forward to this because, like JB just mentioned, you know, some of the, some of the uh, the biggest fans of these properties like those little little quiet moments. Like some of my favorite X Men books are from like the nineties, where Jim Lee was on it. Like and and you got them like playing basketball together, and you had those you know those little moments where they weren't in their uniforms and they weren't punching something. Um, so so I was stoked on this, but it didn't quite hit the mark for me. Like I feel like the best is still yet to come, and the, I know this is like a mid story, and it it wasn't intended to be like a big a big summer event, uh, but it didn't quite didn't quite hit the mark for me and didn't. It wasn't what I wanted or expected. Well, the best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for Inferno, I can't breathe. <laughs> I've been so I feel like since. I'm in an Inferno, and I also can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> open your window, dude. I live like yeah. right by a main road. It's not. I'm doing it for the pod. Oh, uh, yeah, for the good of the pod. Sweat your balls off. Yeah. Um, but I like. I mean, the yeah, little it, moments in this series I enjoyed, like a. Uh, Nanny breaking the wine glass and trying to kill Sinister with it. Uh, Nightcrawler running around drunk trying to talk to everybody about religion. The the fucking Iron Man and Quentin Quire sitting there talking smack to each other. Deadpool trying to crash the party and getting set on fire for it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. of course Beast was... playing his hand and pissing everybody off. And so yeah, yeah, like everybody hates Beast now. Where Shatterstar du- showing up and where was Dupe? To... Where was Dupe during all this? Dupe? Oh, who cares? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't there. He's the best one. <laughs> he he speaks the most sense and looks the most mutant. 
He doesn't even speak any language that. That's what I mean. That's why he speaks. He speaks more sense than half. Have you heard half the shite you've come out with with this? Her sentient <laughs> consciousness was not the core memory. I'm left out of the clone that was in this meanwhile. Who's just going squiggles on the board? I'm going. I know who I'm listening to. That one. <laughs> well, I mean, Cable's my favorite oh. character. I get used to the confusing bits. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the best part about X Men, the convoluted uh, <laughs> timeline. Oh, it gets shit convoluted shit. Now it's like <laughs> Young Cable is like Strife's gone crazy because I haven't been in the past to fight him, so I need Old Cable to come back so I can go back there and put a fucking damper on shit. I fucked up. Mm-hmm. And Cyclops is like, no, and he's like, I'm not asking you permission. I'm telling you what needs to be done. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm happy about good old grizzled Cable coming back. Yeah. Because that kid kind of sucked. I mean, he was okay, but... He had his moments. You know. Yeah. I mean, that book was kind of fun. I really enjoyed the art, and I liked um, uh, the cuckoos being in it. I thought that was cool. Yeah. You do like a grizzly yeah. old gentleman who's up for the role. M- muscly, white-haired gentleman. Up for the yes. role. Who was up for the role? That's that's a real uh, old throwback. That that reference <laughs> was one of the first taught nerdy to me videos we did when we reviewed Deadpool. What was it we were talking about? Where Cyclops was talking about family or something like that, and it's like he's the last person you need to listen to about family. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Have you been reading X Men Legends, by the way, Phil Mouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's, and the first, the first arc where it was, um, they found out that they have a, a long lost brother. Yeah, which we've always known. They just never really said who it was, and like I think they hinted it that it was supposed to be Adam X, but they never blatantly said it until that book. And then yeah. you find out they got another brother up in space, and oh, come yeah, on, yeah, join that book at the. <laughs> Say what? There's four Summers brothers. Jim- yeah, the the star jammers. I love all that shit. Give me more of that. See, that's why I'm enjoying this series because you know you can read the new X Men stuff and that's fine. Uh, but sometimes it's nice to sort of go back to the old classic stuff. Mm. And X Men Legends is like filling in the gaps, like a like a point issue, you know, like between the classic runs, and it's really fun. I'm looking forward to the new one because. Um, uh, the guy that did the art on the latest Stargirl Spring Break special book is on that. Uh, Todd Nowick, is that how you pronounce his surname? Nowick, isn't it? Nowick. Sure. Um, I think he's Canadian guy. N-A-U- uh, it's but... N-A... And I can see it in my head. N-A-U-E-K or something. Or N-A-U-C-K. Yeah, Nowick, I'm sure. Of, yeah. yeah. But his art, I really like his art. Um, and he's going to be doing some classic X Factor. I think that's what's coming next, right? Well, don't look at me, I don't know. They just finished the X-Factor one. Oh, yeah, now they're going into the next X-Factor one, that's right. The the one they just mm-hmm. did was... Uh, original X-Factor. Original X-Factor. The next one goes back into Peter David's X-Factor, which I'm excited about. I, every time Peter yeah. David writes X-Factor, it's amazing. That was a really interesting run, that. So I think, I think JB again. would like Strong Guy. <laughs> I, I know he loves his name, don't you? I mean that's just an, I I don't even know where to begin with that strong guy. But he he names himself though. That's like the funny. Well, he thing, definitely like, didn't have a marketing that, team do it, did he? Oh wait, Marvel he, did, and they called him Strong Guy. He did it to <laughs> fuck with people. Yeah. Oh, how does that fuck with people? 
because he's in this team with all these people that are taking everything so seriously, and they're like, all right, we need our, our code names. We're going to be working for the government. I'm Havoc. I'm Polaris. There's multiple man, Quicksilver. And he's like, I'm strong guy. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> he's like, yep, strong guy it is. He also, well, there's a whole scene where they're having like a press conference. and Yeah, it was like live on TV, and he just says, I'm strong guy. Yeah. And then they're having that press conference, and someone calls them, uh, I think they call them a mutants. And just to fuck with them, <laughs> strong guys like, oh, we don't like the term mutants. We really prefer uh, genetically challenged or GC. And he's just making <laughs> this stuff up on the spot. And so, like for the rest of that run, humans are calling them GCs, and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he's just trolling them. It's brilliant. Zemton, you would like you would like strong guy. He's just a goof. Yeah, and isn't I'm sure I just read because I'm rereading that run, and isn't there a scene where like. Catwoman shows up or something. Oh, it's not. It's um. What be Catwoman? The girl that wanted. No, no, it is. It's it's the girl that wanted to play Catwoman that was in Ace Ventura. Oh, Sean Young is it? I don't know her name. Is her name Sean Young? I could. could But she shows up in the comic. Yeah, she shows up in the comic, and Strong Guy is like trying to chat her up, but I'm sure she's like dressed as Catwoman or something. Did I like hallucinate this? I think you did. I mean, there is like a woman that shows up that he ends up like dating. I'm gonna have to find <laughs> this because not 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 right now, but I will. I'll send this over or it's put in the it executioner the song. There's a whole thing where he shows up at uh, the hospital where Xavier's laid out, and or no, it's not where Xavier's laid out. It's where uh... no, it's... okay. Let me start that over again. It's in Fatal Attractions. They show up where mm-hmm. this uh, nurse is laid out in the hospital because she got attacked by uh, the uh, acolytes, and he busts in the door with this girl, and they're like, "Where have you been?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, just around." And she like tickles his chin, like to imply that they've been out fooling around instead of where they're supposed to be. It's a player. That's what happens when your name is Guido. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, yeah, so next up is uh, what trial of Ma- trial of Magneto mm-hmm. and then Inferno, right? Yeah, they're both going to be going at the same time. Oh, I see. Because Way of X is still going at the moment, isn't it? The Nightcrawler book. Yeah, and that's that's introducing its own problem. Yeah, see, he's really suspicious, as is like every person reading X-Men at the moment like something's going on something's not quite right so he's sort of investigating uh, in Krakoa to see what's what's going down um I don't know if I've read the latest issue of that what's happening at the moment in that one um Legion has informed Nightcrawler that Onslaught's back oh Onslaught yeah there's going to be <laughs> a one shot involving Onslaught uh, see I loved I loved all that back in the day so yeah, that's going to be a a big problem. So Inferno, um, there's there's been Inferno before, right? Yeah, but this one is specifically about Mystique. Yeah, I remember they did that for um, they used that title for uh, what was that big Marvel event that I loved the Secret Wars. They did have an ironically Inferno they book used for that. the same. And yeah, yeah, Inferno originally was I want to say that was either about Celine. I want to say, no, I think it was about Madeline Pryor becoming the Goblin Queen. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Cable's mom. 
<laughs> I'd love to go into a history of Cable's family, uh, but I think JB's head would explode. I'm really know. now. I feel like as an added bonus, you should release this as a podcast, but also do a special edition where Leal does commentary over it, discussing everything you're saying. <laughs> no, we need to have one where you and Leal do commentary over it. Yes, where you two just do a really in-depth. Really like gushy X Men <laughs> podcast where you enjoy yourselves, and then me and Leo just sit there, just like two grumpy old men ripping the shit out of it. Yeah, that'd be funny, especially the, if you do it with this one, because then you can be like, I don't know why I said that. They put me in this damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. We are going to do the next X event. Me and Phil Mouse will record a pod. And then you and Leal can do a commentary for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. That's better than the idea I had for this podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> no, this has been good. But um, I'm excited yeah, about I what's mean, to come with the Xbox, though. Yeah, so am I. I mean, what's new though? I guess we always are. Anything Xbox, and we'll fucking buy it. <laughs> well, I mean, everything. I've been so excited to see what Mystique does, and it's like now mm-hmm, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. And it began with fire, and it's going to end with fire, and I love that too. Yeah, she's a really interesting character, and I think she's like underutilized, especially like in the modern X Men stuff. Because back in the day, like they 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 used her in a lot of stuff really well, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like we've not seen her for a while. So give me give me that mystique stuff. I mean, she's in my view, she's one of the most dangerous mutants on the on the island. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Like we could find out some stuff where it's like, oh, actually, she's been this person all along. Maybe she's Beast. <laughs> well, I, I'm wondering why won't they bring Destiny back? But I guess we'll find out. I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Thanks for joining me, both JB and Phil Mouse. It's been fun. Yes. Do you guys have anything you'd like to plug? Phil Mouse first. Go listen to Dan Bibby and the Aesthetic Knobs. <laughs> that was the best attempt them. at recalling the name off the top of your head. That was a very good attempt. I only messed up one word. Yeah. Um, Dan Bibby and the Aesthetic Knobs. Go listen. Actually, to yeah, this will be fun. Plug each other stuff. Yeah. Oh. And then, uh, and then, if you have time, you can listen to uh, Talk Nerdy UK. Mm-hmm. And then, if yeah, I'm, listen to the latest episode. I'm on it. It's great. It's true about Star Girl. And then, yeah, yeah, me and JB gush over Star Girl, the TV show, because it's awesome, and you should all watch it. And then, when you're done with that, get a flight over to Ohio, Texas, Japan, Nashville, and listen to Nerd <laughs> Cult Underground, where we've put out a total of one episode, and we will put out more at some point. Yeah. Which I definitely need more episodes of No Cult Underground. I was so pumped when I saw that. I was like, yes, it's back. And I need more. I got this Phil weird Mouse. curse where anytime I record a song for a podcast, that podcast stops coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've just recorded a song for my new podcast and it's not even out yet. So please don't bestow that curse upon us. I, just, I mean, you asked me to. I mean, yeah. Oh, and I just t- check, plug out, that quickly. And check out all of a Twitch. Check out all of a yes. Twitch as well. Yeah, go to um, off-brand. Oh, damn! What's the link? Off-brand music. Dot com. Off-brand music. Dot com has like the uh, mouse vomit stuff and field. Yes. Mouse stuff. 
Mouse Vomit, best new music out there. And then AllOfferTwitch.net has all of her Twitch stuff. Yeah, as, uh, as I just mentioned, Feel Mouse has recorded the new theme tune to my new horror movie podcast, uh, which I guess, I don't know if it'll be out by the time this comes out, but I'll, I'll, I mean, I haven't even revealed anything to the world about this, really. But it's called Horror Homeschool, and me and my friend Ashley, who's from Texas, um, we just talk about... The real Texas. Another American. It's brilliant. Uh, I've got lots of American friends. <laughs> yeah, but No we, British ones. Yeah, um, we talk about <laughs> talk about horror movies, and we're actually starting with the new Netflix film trilogy event, Fear Street. Ooh, so, I'm going to watch that this like over the next week, so I'll I'll get on that. Yeah, I mean, so go and watch the films, and go and check check out the pod when it's up. Uh, you'll find yeah. all the links uh, to Spotify and uh, iTunes and all that over at horrorhomeschool.com. So. Cool. Yeah, uh, oh, and also go and check out Man and JB's t-shirt Instagram page. It's at underscore shirt... Oh, sorry, I fucked that up, didn't I? At talk mm. underscore shirty underscore two underscore me. And we just post uh, our t-shirt collection. And I think we've had a month break, but we're back now. <laughs> JB's, yeah, I'm, I'm back. Don't, <laughs> JB's yeah. on holiday where he's actually nude. He goes to nudist beach. And he doesn't wear any clothes at all, so that's the reason why we're on hiatus. He's not wearing a shirt now, so... No, he's not even wearing a shirt now. He just can't keep the fucking clothes on, the man. So, yeah, go and check that out. Um, And for this show, uh, go to Facebook and Instagram at Chris's Comics Podcast and follow. Uh, Shout out to Chris Runyon, our regular listener. He's actually started his own uh, comic book uh, show. I don't know if it's a podcast, but I recently friended him on Facebook and I saw he was doing shit. So go and check that out. I'll listen to it. It is way better than Chris's Comics. <laughs> well, ironically, <laughs> it is also called Chris's Comics. Um, I'm looking oh. into set up in a lawsuit, but he's such a nice guy. I can't quite bring myself to it. So did he do comics with an X? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, that's about it. He just, just doesn't to... put it with two S's, that's all. He's, yeah. just, he's been clever enough not to do two S's. <laughs> he, 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 he has a different demographic than us. He's in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, don't forget to like, rate, and review the show on Apple as well. Write a quick review. It makes massive differences. And you can also send me a message at chriscomicspodcast at gmail.com. So, thanks for joining me, guys, once again. It's been a pleasure. My no worries. And thank you everybody for listening. Over and out. Mm-hmm.